Hi, this is your old friend Dave Alvin, and right this second, you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with your pal Andras Jones. Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, and for seven musical divinations, we've been hanging out here at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California, with our new friend, Isaac Opatz. Howdy. Howdy, Isaac. Now, uh, this, has been, this has been pretty... Pretty groovy. Got yeah. some cool friends. We got a. It's funny we it, we're in L.A., but I feel like this episode happened. At least half of it happened in Missoula, Montana. Yeah. If we weren't talking about it, we were talking to somebody who was there. Yeah, that's one thing that happens to me a lot in L.A. That has become the thing about me that is, you know, in casual conversation is uh, unusual. And you end up talking about it a lot. Being from Missoula? Being from Montana. A lot of people from here have heard about it but never made it up there. Or they've got a friend who lives in Bozeman or has a timeshare in Bozeman. Um, yeah, it. I never knew it was as ear-catching a place to be from uh, until I left it. No, yeah, people, you know, people have a, have a... I think people have a relationship to Montana as being this... Sort of idyllic, big sky. It's a place, yeah. place you go. You get a, you go to get away, right? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I certainly, I, I, I certainly enjoyed my time there, and I am finding more reasons to go back. So maybe we'll, we'll run into each other there. Yeah. So now, before we get into your question, as I've been st- sitting here across from you, standing here across from you, I, uh, I've, ha- I've. I've noticed a couple things, and I, and I, uh, when I listen to these shows, when I edit them, I always think when I'm just jumping in with observations at the beginning of the show, and I always want to tell myself, dude, wait till the end. 
then just share this in the time with the musician because then you're just talking over people when you're doing that. So I did that. But there's a couple, there's a couple people. I always think of notice how people like look like other people. They remind me of them. Yeah. There's a couple. Do, do you ever get compared to people? Yeah, all the time. Okay. So uh, is one Michael Shannon? No. Who's really? Michael Shannon. The actor from Boardwalk Empire and Nocturnal Animals. Did you see Nocturnal Animals? No. He was in that. Uh, oh, The Shape of Water. Okay. He's, he played the bad guy in Shape of Water, the government agent oh, who's trying to kill yeah, yeah. the fish man. Yeah. Okay. Like, you like a, look like a happier, less scary, creepy version of him. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay. And then... Sometimes, I mean, there's a there's a, a Neil Diamond quality. Yes, I've got that. You get Neil Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever gone as Neil Diamond for Halloween? No. Get that blue jean suit and do God, the hot August no, nights that thing. Seems like an easy one though. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cave. Nick Cave. I've gotten. Yeah. And even Neil Young. Neil Young. Oh, I could see that. I could see but, that. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Neil Diamond one. He's so like he's so. Um, what's the word? Uh, Awesome. Yeah, and just like kind of innocent and like. Yeah. Uh, what's um, when you have a tumor but it's not malignant? Benign. Benign. He's, he's very benign. He's very benign. <laughs> yeah. He's the opposite of, of a malignant tumor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If if Michael Shannon played Neil Diamond. Yeah, there you go. Then. You could be their stand-in. Yeah, yeah. So, well, let's get into let's get into your your question for the pop oracle. You wrote it down at the beginning. Yeah. We know what the answer is going to be. What is the answer going to be? The answer is going to be "Got to Me Since." Got to Me Since, which was the song that we put on at the end of your uh, your question on the episode with Caroline Keys. Yeah. So, if you've been if you follow the show, you've already heard this song. You may be already be familiar with it. Yeah, and that's tune out right now. No, 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 no. We're going to hear the <laughs> we're going to hear the live, the live version. That was the recorded version from Malachi's bedroom, living room, I like to say. Like, uh, cuz he one lives of the there. Same, one of the same. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the first song you did. Yep. Right? So, yeah. Uh, I'm I like. I'm proud of myself for having the instinct to pick that because you sent me two or three different songs, and that was yeah. the one that I chose. So it's good because we talked about it before. So people, if you again, if you've been following along and you've listened to that song, then you knew what we were talking about when we were talking about that. But now, let's see what question is going to be answered by the song "Got to Me Since." Okay. Yep. So gather around the speakers, paper fetishists. Okay, sorry. I was just seeing how long I could go with that. That's a, this is good sounding paper, Jessica. Yeah. I actually, you know, I thought I was feeling a little bit bad because of the, you gave us the the legal pad. But I now. don't think the printer paper would have sounded oh, as good. This sounds great. Yeah, this is fantastic. Star paper. Okay, so uh, why don't you read your question for us? Okay, I don't even need to read it, but um, it's kind of basic, and I know we are Caroline. A few episodes ago, mentioned that yes or no questions are. No, no, boring, a, but there's a lot of layers to yeah. this. Um, my question is whether I'm leaving um, Los Angeles tomorrow morning as early as I can muster um, and uh, going to be around Montana and based out of there for the summer, but my fall is an open book, and uh, my question is whether or not I should come back to Los Angeles. Um, to Depending on going to start working on a new record this summer and depending on where that's at, if I'll need to come back and finish that, my band's here. If I want to 
play more with them and get kind of road ready. Um, or if, in general, it's just if LA is still where I'm going to need to be um, to generate some sort of momentum or success um, through music. Um, my long-term plan is always to kind of get some momentum going and then retreat back to safe old Missoula. Not mm -hmm. safe, but I really, mostly the uh, the outdoors and just yeah. the pace of life that I I feel like suits me better. Um, and I'm all, just for the last couple of years, I've been trying to keep my ears open to uh, where that, not that you can hear a line, but that where that line is uh, when I've kind of gotten my work done in L.A. to the point where I feel like I can go back to Montana and and sort of um, put down roots there. So Yeah, so will you move back to L.A. in the fall or just will you move back to L.A. in general? Uh, in the fall is the question. Okay. But it kind of is this one and the same. Cool. Let's hear the song. Right. Got to me since. Someone and you're the only one that's ever really had my heart in your hand. And no one's really got to me since. And no one's really got to me since. And no one's really got to me since you got to me. No one's really got to me since. And I just keep going back and forth. And I don't want to make the same mistakes anymore. I'd rather not know you than to have to go through what I did But I will if you just say the word I will Cause no one's really got to me since No one's really got to me since No one's really got to me since you got to me No one's really got to me since Baby, I just wanna be passionate again no one's really made the hairs of my heart stand up on, stand up on him. You're the one that I sing about, but all of my songs are down and out. So when I'm with somebody else and someone pulls a guitar out, I have to pretend I don't know how. Cause no one's really got to me since. No one's really got to me since. No one's really got to me since. You got to me. No one's really got to me since. Baby, I just want to be passionate. Stand up on him No one's really got to me since No one's really got to me since No one's really got to me since You got to me No one's really got to me since 
got to me since No one's really got to me since That was Got To Me Since from Isaac O'Pats, the answer to his own question. Will I be moving, will he be moving back to uh, Los Angeles after a summer in Missoula? Yeah. So that was, well, you get to do double duty here. You had, but you had, you had an immediate, I'm in the room, I can see you. You had an immediate response when you sang the first line of, of recognition yeah. I, Tell, what was going on for you there? Uh, well, when I when this was going to be the song, it seemed like kind of a, like it wasn't, you know, everybody goes through this, but it didn't seem like it was going to relate. Because it's, I know that it's about a relationship that ended and I, that I couldn't get over for a while. And um, it was about, yeah, just mm-hmm. decrying that. But um, I wouldn't do this if it could be helped. <laughs> Definitely had uh, kind of echoes of, and I'd rather never see you again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where Ellie <laughs> is the ex-girlfriend that I can't, I, my heart isn't done with. Although I don't know that it's my heart, uh, but something case. in this case, there's something that yeah, it doesn't feel quite resolved, and I'm compelled to keep getting strung along by it. Um, yeah, which is a. A way of reading, and then, um, um, but sort of oppositely, the last verse, uh, you're the one that I sing about. Mm-hmm. I think could refer to Montana a little bit more, where I have like these nostalgic, where my heart's still in Montana, um, and I have to kind of uh, pretend that I just keep going back and forth. And that's yeah. that line was <laughs> right, sort of like on the just it's, that sort of summed up. Christie's question, oh, yeah. Caroline's question. It's so it's like your question. Everyone is. We're all trying to figure out how, this. How do we have yeah. both? I think that's a, even in a way with Josh's question. Like what? Yeah. Thinking about what would his life? What? what so even though he's living his dream, what does he want to grow up to be? You know, that, all that. I think that's a, just a this generation where we have so many options and not much. You know, and obviously our like. My group of friends, I guess, have a certain amount of privilege where um, we we have a lot of options. We're not limited necessarily by, um, you know, we all have the resources to work and um, feel that we have, like, space in our lives to choose. To pursue something. Yeah. Or pursue multiple we, places and things. That it, yeah, I get it. Yeah, like I've got, you know, I can work catering here and make a living uh but i have the education and like the i curiosity and the means to try something else if i if i want to i have those choices Mm -hmm. um and so that's what we're tortured by and which makes those questions seem sort of petty uh in some ways but we don't. We there's no. We don't. We don't judge questions on this yeah, show. That's right. And everybody's like, yeah. dealing with everyone's question is petty. 
Well, it's yeah, weird. By a, from a certain perspective, sure. It's weird. Everyone's question, uh, it's surprising, it's counterintuitive. Everyone thinks their question is petty until they find out that it's also someone else's question. Yeah. And then you're not so judgmental about somebody else asking the question that you judge yourself for asking. Yeah. Like when Caroline was asking this question, your heart went out to her. But when you ask this question, you think that it's privileged and petty. And I think that that's, that's just sort of a dynamic that I notice a lot as someone who hears a lot of people's questions. Yeah. Is that we tend to be much more compassionate for other... That's why I feel like this, in a way, this show is not for you. Well, for me, it's for the person listening who is having the same concern and maybe they would think for themselves that itself that it's petty but listening to you that's not what they're thinking absolutely they're thinking oh i relate to that and i hope they're thinking what yeah. is that how does that answer my question and i right. think that's the value of um songwriting too which is also a very like selfish pursuit and uh, that is also very generous totally and i yeah i've come to realize that's not always true but my songs are really um, they're first person. They're really confessional. They have a lot of details for my life, but I feel like the more detailed they are for my life, it's just more hooks for people to find themselves in. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter that it. Yeah, it really. People are really good at um, empathizing. Yeah, and seeing and empathizing, I guess, for their own with their own problems through somebody else's um, art. Yeah, again, this is what this is one of the things if people listen to the show a lot, they probably heard me say this many times. But that when when I'm in the car listening to a Beatles song or whatever, I'm not thinking, what does this mean to them? Sure. I'm thinking, what does it mean to me? And then usually when people when artists are interviewed, it's all about what it means to them. But usually the what if their music is successful? The majority of what ha where that music is happening is happening in the lives of the audience mm -hmm. and what we make of it. And it's great that they did it, but I don't care if John Lennon doesn't like that song anymore. Yeah, he just he he did his job. Yeah, he can. We he, I can enjoy that song enough without worrying about whether or not he did. Yep. Right. Yeah. Or what he meant by it, or if he thought it was just a. A piece of crap at the time, as you would say, you know, like, yeah. but I care. Polythene Pam still <laughs> makes my day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of like yeah. songs that he, that he trapped, of his, yeah. that he was like, oh, I, yeah, it's a piece of crap. I just wrote it in a day. It's like, yeah. I've written some pieces of crap in a day that I, that I'm still really proud of. Yeah. You know, sometimes the stuff that you write in a day is way better than the stuff you labor Smarter, over for yeah. a year. Yeah. Right. One of the things about this song is, um, like we said, um, it was the one where Malika and I just showed up with no expectations and we recorded it in like top to bottom and he was mixing on the fly. So it was essentially done. It was everything but mastered by eight hours later. Um, and that whole process was um, was really that day was a game changer for me as far as whether I was going to pursue music or not. I had not um, – I'd done some music in – I had bands in Montana. I went to Nashville for a year, and I did some, like, solo stuff, some gigging, and um, played with a few people, but just never, like, hit my stride, never felt or found collaborators that I was on the same page with, and the prospect of recording or putting a band together just seemed overwhelming. Um, since I I didn't 
have a band that was kind of on board to travel and do that kind of stuff. Um, and I didn't have like a solo career where I could afford to pay people. But came to went to Malachi's house, and he was a rhythm section unto himself. He played drums, bass, sang harmony. I we figured out the keyboard stuff to kind of together. I played guitar and sang, and it was just like we were two opposite parts of a whole. Mm-hmm. And we walked away with this song that completely uh, surprised me that we could come up with that together. That my music could sound like that or could be filled out that way in a way that was so that I could enjoy too. Mm-hmm. And so that this song, that session, um really is if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have come back these last three years. I wouldn't still be uh doing So music. this song is part of the reason that you would it sort of reflects one of the reasons you would come back. Yeah. Which is kind of an answer yeah. in itself. Yeah. And, and I, I'm curious when you were ta- when he was talking. There's something I've noticed in these songs. There's a and maybe I noticed it because Malachi point, pointed it out. Does he do the chai when I do? Does Malachi Malachi? I, no, no, just Malachi. Malachi, I think. Okay, I've never heard that. Sorry, yeah. uh, sorry, Malachi. <laughs> I'd like to. I like to. Get in whenever I can. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but he mentioned that there was a, a chord that was off, but then you made work. Uh-huh. And in that song, there's like that song where I, I pretend I, I can't play, and there's obviously an off yeah. chord little bit. Is that what he was talking about? No, it was actually— Was it the build-up that— the, You also did something in the third verse, I think, yeah. where you did this rising part— that seems like it might be a little bit dissonant, but yeah, that's what that I'm saying is like thing. throughout your songs, you'll throw in these moments of dissonance on the guitar that don't phase you as a singer. And I just think it's a, it's a really because your music is very melodic and you they don't it doesn't necessarily need that dissonance. Yeah. But I find that it definitely draws my attention when it happens, so it's an effective yeah. thing. So I think it does need. It. I feel like I'm I'm I like that kind. Of, I like the. Just like in the arc of a song, there's um, there's tension and release. I think the music should have a similar like arc. And I don't I don't love music that just goes off the rails to go off the rails and never comes back. But the feeling of kind of things fraying and then recohering is just innately satisfying. Yeah, and that's um, I mean, growing up listening to Wilco, I feel like they do that really well. They go wild, but it's always you trust that they are doing it for a reason and that it's going to come back or that it it has some sort of purpose. Right, right, right. So what do you think? I I mean, that's... If I want to do music, I think it makes sense to come back. But um, And I really want to finish this album and I think it's going to be... Um, fun to do and um, important to do. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I guess I want to feel satisfied when I do leave LA for good that it's that I've gotten everything done and I have no regrets. At the same time, I know there are people who came to just try out acting for, you know, couple years and they've never left and maybe they're satisfied but maybe they're also worried that they got sucked in 
Well, I think the song, like going back and forth, it seems like in a way, maybe I'm just projecting, but the song is sort of about both places. Like once you've had that experience, that LA, whatever your LA experience is, whether it's being in a movie or being in a signed band or finding a collaborator or, or a musical community or an artistic community that is at a, working at a very high level and all in a, a similar place that you just wouldn't be able to find in a place like Missoula or Olympia. Mm-hmm. Once you've had that experience, you're always going to know, knowing that it's available, you're always going to want to have some of it. Yeah. You're never going to be like, okay, well, I've never, I, I, I've done that. I've had a great experience right. in the studio. I don't need to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, if you've ever lived in a place where you felt, safe and nestled and where, like you said, the pace of life really agreed with you and you found your community there of people, you're also never going to, that got, no, you're never going to be able to like, just be, okay, I'm done with it. So it's like no one, no one else, no other city has got to you since Missoula did, but also now no other city is going to be able to get to you the way that LA has. Yeah. Unless you decide to go and give the same amount of time to a New York or a Nashville or London or a Paris or some, another huge hub of artistry. Yeah. But then you're split three ways. Right. But then you're split three ways and you have, and as we get older, the, our ability to go and give five or six years of our life to a place in the hopes that we find people that it's much harder to find when you're older than when you're younger. So you might not, and it might be, you know, did Caroline say that you did Nashville as well? I did for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there is something too, but my, my, let's just keep on the focus of these. There's something about I just I'm ne- I'm not a believe I'm not a believer in either or, I'm a believer in yes and mm. always. So in a way, this reflects it's just, the song reflects a kind of, in in terms of the question reflects a kind of balance of going back and forth and always leaving some place that you want to be able to go back to, but also always heading towards some place that you're that you've been missing. Yeah, which is a that's kind of an exciting place to be as an artist always like it's always in pursuit like you could be having the time of your life in LA everything could be going right for you in LA in the back of your mind you're like okay I'm gonna I know I have Missoula and I need to I'm gonna gotta put some time on the schedule yeah and at the same time you could be in Missoula for six months and after a while you know sometime you're gonna come home from the bar and you're like I've seen these guys same people for the last month and they're just talking the same shit about the same nothing. They don't even know what's like, what's, po- you know what I mean? Like when I live in Olympia, sometimes I have that thing of like, yeah, people are getting so bent out of shape and complaining about stuff that is so, seems so small. And if they could just get out of their own way, they could go to some, to one of these other places. They look at me like, well, you big shot, you Mr. Hollywood, you did this. And I'm like, no, you just go there and do it. You could do it too. I'm yeah, not, not a big shot. Just because I got to hang out with Isaac Opaz. Like, right. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I feel like LA has a feeling of like culturally and just within the scope of the city and the people, the human landscape. It feels limitless that way in a way that's really exciting. The kinds of food you can eat every night, uh, just to, to bike ten miles in any direction, you're someplace unrecognizable. Um, 
but it's lacking the sort of limitlessness that Montana has as far as the the way that I feel in nature in Montana. Out here, you go up to like the top of a mountain, and you just look into the next valley where there's, you know, generally speaking, uh, where there's another... 500,000 people yeah. within a small radius. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm still grateful for the everything and the the, the San Gabriel Mountains and um, all the public lands there is, but it just feels, I don't get that same sense of immensity. But culturally and human landscape-wise, Montana doesn't have that sense of it feels. Um, anyway, so yeah, just two sides of a coin and trying to find the balance. Yeah. Well, and so are a lot of other people. It sounds like. Yeah, and we are all. That's. I mean, that is. Uh, maybe there's that. That's the overarching theme of this. That we are all. A lot of us are asking the same questions. Yeah. And you know, and there's a joy in be like you said. There is a joy and a privilege in being able to ask that to have these, have these questions to ask yeah. that are a little bit. They're about survival, but they're not. Entirely on the survival level is in uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of way. Yeah. So, well, I, I guess we're, we're bringing this thing home. When this comes out, you will be in Montana, running yeah. free, no clothes. That's right. Running through the field like a like an innocent baby. Yeah. Getting the. Uh... I guess there aren't really any, like, uh, there, there isn't much for poisonous plants in Montana. So, yeah, just like an innocent baby. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> looking for a hot spring or a marble to put in your mouth. Yeah. Or a hot woman. Sure. Yeah. Hot hot spring. That's what I meant. Hot, that's, what, that's what I say. What's, that's my slang. She's a hot little spring. <laughs> um, so, well, uh and uh, will you be playing? And is there any show? Are there any shows coming up in the summer? We should let people know about festivals or things you're doing. After June, um, July, I think will be. I've got a few different trips planned in June, um, but as far as playing shows, July, this my LA band, including Malachi and Albert, are going to come up, um, and we're going to start in Seattle on the. Let's see on. Portland on the July 12th, Seattle the 13th, and then the next week we're going to play um, a handful of shows in Montana. Going to play Olympia? No, I don't think so. I don't think um, that worked out. We might play a fun show in Paul's Bow, which is like in the yeah. sound somewhere, I think. Um, but yeah, a bunch, five or six shows in Montana. That'll all be really fun. And they'll be on the website and stuff. Cool, cool. Well, uh, let me just take a moment here to once again... Thank the fabulous, fabulous folks at Starburns Industries for once again letting me come into the studio and do my crazy stuff here. Obviously avoiding the lounge. As you know, we're not allowed in the lounge. I mean, some people are, but we, we abused our privileges. So, I heard. So that's, you did? Well, in the email. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sent it in the email. I sent it. The lounge is off, off limits for everyone. And I want to thank our engineer, Jessica, for doing such a great job on the board and setting up the mics. We have our patron saint of synchronicity. Erica's in the house. She brought us a fabulous fruit plate. It's great to have her here. So great to have all your guests, ones of your, the, those of those 
couple of intrepid fellows who actually made it into the studio and your friends who were all, you know, it seems like everyone's on their way to a gig. Yeah. All the ones who weren't, who weren't able to make it in, they certainly have good excuses. Yeah. Uh, other than the teacher, well, he has a good excuse. He's got a, you know, he couldn't come down to LA. He's he got did. kids expected yeah. in, the, in class on Monday morning, <laughs> and so it was, it was great to just meet all your folks and uh, to to hear your songs. I want to thank the people who listened. Uh, I want to encourage you if, if you if you listen to this show, subscribe to it. It makes a huge difference. Uh, if you uh, even if you just listen once, and you, it'll show up in your inbox every time. Can't tell you what a big difference it makes to us. And and uh, and if you want to find out more about Radio Eight Ball, you can go to radioeightball.com, and you can you'll hear all you hear that stuff in the the bit that plays at the end. But I feel like I always I give a I don't really do the thing that podcast hosts need to do, which is say like us, give us good reviews, give us lots of stars, and more than anything, subscribe. Encourage your friends to subscribe to this podcast. And then, like I say, you'll get one of these podcasts in your inbox, or not in your inbox, in your feed every day. And you may not want to listen to them every day, but some days uh, you'll see, oh, my God, Caroline Keys is back. I loved her episode. I'm going to listen to that one. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this songwriter is pretty good. I'm going to check out this Isaac O'Pats guy. And then there, you can just go down the rabbit hole of different guests on Radio 8 Ball. There's all kinds of connections. So please do that. I really appreciate your tuning in, those of you who do and those of you who don't. Well, eventually you will, because otherwise you wouldn't be hearing me say this. So now let's get back to our musical guest, Isaac. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. I, I wish you fantastic adventures and have a great summer. You will be coming back to L.A. Your songs are too good. You're too good. Thank you're you. Too, you're too good. No offense to Missoula. Yeah. It's a great place to go back to, but the, your music is for the world. And I, 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 I'm very happy that I got a chance to share it here. And I will be following it. And, you know, I'm sure we'll probably find another reason to have you in the studio sometimes. We do we do tribute shows at different times. Oh, cool. Uh, we've done Joni Mitchell, The Kinks, uh, Harry Nilsson. Cool. And we did the Beat Happening with Buttes up in Montana. Huh. we got an XTC tribute show coming up. Cool. You fan of XTC? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, do you, do you know any of those bands that I mentioned? Joni yeah. Mitchell? You've sure, heard, sure, sure. You've heard of Joni Mitchell. I was Mitchell. a big Kinks fan. That oh. was who somebody guided me to at a record store many moons ago. Yeah? Which was your introductory record? Actually, my parents had um, Sleepwalker, which is a weird one from the 70s. Yeah. yeah. And that was my in. And then I kind of so I started from the 70s and went earlier. Um School schoolboys. Oh, schoolboys and Grace. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Um, it's not a. It's not that you're picking some not obvious Kinks records. Yeah, kind of like from just like the rock or pop rock, almost kind of hair. I don't know, kind of glammy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but really great hooks, big hooks. Um, yeah, and then something else I think was mm-hmm. another one. That's one stuck in my head. Yeah, the, whole, the atmosphere of that entire record. Um, there is a, I, you know what? I could see some Ray Davies. He has that same quality of not giving it too much, and you and li- liking using words that you don't necessarily use in songs a lot, and finding ways to have them fit in elegantly. Yeah, there's a, a, a an urban and pastoral quality. Yeah, it's true. Great, great melodies, and then occasionally like with like sort of punk elements tossed in for attention. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Okay. Well, uh, for those of you who are listening, that episode will come out in about two weeks. That's with Colleen Green and Bart Davenport and Willie Wisely. But let's bring this home. Isaac, it's been great. Travel safe. Travel well. Make good music. Of course you will. And until next time, to all of you who are listening, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle.